Welcome to the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. In this episode, we're getting right back to the summer scouting series, flipping over to the defensive side of the football. The offensive guys, they had their time. Now it's time for the defense, and we're starting off with a bang. We're starting off with the edge rushers. It is a position that has the potential to produce a number one overall pick in every single draft class. And let me tell you guys, there is absolutely one in this class. It might be a couple. There's a couple of guys who are draft eligible for the first time who could really make some noise get themselves into the top 10 the top 20 litter the first round as we know edge rushers do i'm trevor sycamore with me as always is connor rogers let's ring the bell welcome to the opening bell of the nfl stock exchange podcast i'm trevor sycama that is connor rogers getting back to the scouting summer scouting series i mean see connor i haven't said it in so long now i'm forgetting what the title of the series is actually called getting back to the summer scouting series we're flipping over to the defensive side of the football finished up offense now we're with the edge rushers so this was an exciting group obviously it's a position that has the positional value to potentially go number one overall in a draft class depending on how strong it is Connor, I think we're going to agree there is at least one candidate that could potentially be that kind of a player. But uh, excited, man, flipping over to the defensive side of the ball. How you feeling today as we start this podcast? I'm excited, man. This is kind of similar. I think this is the defense's version of the running back show, right? With the running back show, there was obviously a stud at the top and B. John Robinson that I think everybody uh, was prepared for us to talk about in that kind of ranking. And then what you do with two through five in a group of, you know, 10 that could be in that conversation is where it gets interesting and I think that's going to be the case on today's show with the edge rushers I'm sure for us our two through five could be very different um you and I talked before the show it sounded like we watched almost all the same kind of players for this one which is a bit of a rare case and uh it's it's going to be fun because I think with the edge pass rush group I always say on the show and all the shows that I do uh and guys in the NFL will tell you this pass rushing is a skill that really develops maybe the latest out of all the positions a lot of breakout pass rushers are 25 26 and on this for us our trajectory we're doing it with guys that are 18 and 19 years old so this is maybe the most projecting besides quarterback that we have to do in our uh you know field of work this actually I I want to chat about this you saying that actually kind of brought this to my mind and i had a question i wanted to ask you before we dive into it so are you are you big into like the age metrics with scouting where it's like hey essentially what i'm talking about is do you put a ton of stock into a guy playing really well at a young age because going off of what you just said there if this is a position that you traditionally think guys don't blossom until really they are upperclassmen anyways, juniors, seniors. If you see a guy who is an underclassman as a freshman or a sophomore play really well as an edge player, do you think that means more for edge rushers than anything else? Or what do you think about age metric stuff anyways? Everything has context, right? And I think age is one of those ones that has lost all context on a lot of the Twitter (laughs) discourse I see, but I think it matters a ton. I obviously use age a lot in my scouting metrics. I think breakout matters. I think that pass rushing it's a great point you bring up trev that for pass rushing i do think it matters a lot i think there is something to take away i don't think you kill a guy for necessarily being a late breakout depending how he got there look at jermaine johnson last year perfect example a lot of people are like oh you know he's older why did he take the breakout jermaine had a different road and we've gone over that road for a long time but on the flip side when you look at it like somebody nick bosa and chase young 
they were both true impact sophomores in a way that was unbelievable, to be honest with you. When I think of evaluating pass rushers and getting excited about seeing the jump they make as a junior, Chase Young and Nick Bosa were so far along in that route that you knew where they were already at was a first round player, maybe a top 15 player. And then what they were able to do in that following year cemented them as guys that were worthy of being the number one overall selection in each of their drafts. So I do think it matters. Obviously, there's a guy today that we're going to talk about in Will Anderson that a lot of people, and I don't want to spoil what we think, but a lot of people probably view him in that light, like Nick Bosa, like Mm -hmm. Chase Young, like Miles Garrett, that has dominated at such a young age at a high level against top competition that he is kind of the next in line of of those people. Yeah, the reason why I wanted to ask is because there are a couple, outside of just Will Anderson, who I know a lot of people know, there are a couple of players who are, first-time eligible guys this year that are coming off really nice seasons or high recruiting profiles or whatever it is and so um you know i just i I wondered what your take was there because i know that everybody's a little bit different with breakout age and how much they weigh it but yeah i mean certainly if you are physically dominant especially in a major conference in college football if you can hold your own let alone stand out when you are a freshman or a sophomore especially in the trenches that does mean a lot. That does mean a lot. You brought up Nick Bosa, and you talked about his sophomore season. I feel like Nick Bosa played incredible his freshman season. He did. Which was yeah. just, just not – I mean – In yeah, like a Nick, rotational Nick role. Nick Bosa was the easiest scouting profile of all time. Of all time. Like, yeah. you just went, okay, top three player in the class at minimum. That's it. Like, you, you already – you didn't even – we didn't even need to see his junior year, really, I feel like, to – have been able to project that just because I thought he was far and away the best player in that draft. And I think that, you know, obviously the results speak for themselves, but yeah, you're you're right. If he is healthy, I think that his career is going to speak for that. Uh, Before we dive into it. And as you guys know, the format by now, what Connor and I will do is we will go from five to one. We'll count down our top five edge rushers as we watched. Uh, I got, I got through nine of these guys. It sounded like, would you get through 10? Did you get through 10, 11? Yeah, 11, I think it was. Okay, you had, a, you had a couple more names than I yeah. did. So we we narrowed it down to our top fives each, and we'll go back and forth, go from five to one, and then we'll mention some honorable mention guys, some guys that just missed the list, guys that we're intrigued with. But before we get to that, got to read everybody's favorite ad copy. It's our friends over at Manscaped. Gentlemen, all men strive for gold in their life, right? It's a rhetorical question, of course. Gold medals, gold watches, gold everything. However, there is a certain type of man who goes the extra mile, walks in the confidence of an eagle, and giggles in the face of danger. He is a big, hairless, winning machine. When he unzips his pants, he sees platinum. That's right. Manscaped would like to introduce to you their biggest and best ultimate hygiene bundle yet, the Platinum Package 4.0. Manscaped is the leader in below-the-waist grooming. Now you can trust them with the whole shebang. Join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com. Get yourself 20% off and free shipping using the promo code PFF. Manscaped's brand-new Platinum Package 4.0 is the biggest bundle they have ever offered, giving you a bulk discount on Manscaped's top products. 20% off free shipping using the promo code PFF at manscaped.com. It's time that you enjoy the finer things in life and get yourself a Platinum Package for your platinum package who's number five for you in this edge rush group here for 2023 Connor? 
maybe a little bit of a surprise. This is where I'm going to use my old projection slot. Will uh, Anderson? Gladly. Yeah. It's Will Anderson now. Will, yeah. uh, Will Anderson, also in my top five. A uh, little higher. <laughs> Spoiler. Little... <laughs> uh, this, for me, is Washington's Zion Tupuola Fatui. Oh, and... so I didn't watch him. This is good. This is perfect. I want to hear well, about it. I will. Uh, I understand, Trev, because he did not get to play uh, very much last year. He had 55 pass rush snaps, and that's because for Tupuola Fatui, he had a non-contact Achilles tear in spring Ooh. where he did not come back until around the end of October, and they obviously managed his reps because coming off the injury, a star player, he had a monster 2020. Uh, he graded out tremendously in his pass rush reps. And that 2020 film is is real. I mean, you're looking at a pressure percentage of 22%. So when this guy was Dang. on the field and rushing the passer, he was winning in the Pac-12 over and over again. So 2021, obviously, the sample size was smaller. I think he showed, though, that he's still... Uh, you know, could be a dominant force. He's somebody that I think is a power rusher or played like a power rusher these last two years when he was on the field. It looked like he was around 275. I know they've come out and said as a program, they think he's going to play at 255 pounds this year. In the spring, he's been around 250 pounds. So he is playing lighter. I think he's going to play faster. But it's simple for me here, Trevor. He just has hands that people in this class don't have. They are strong, powerful hands. His ability to convert speed to power, um, his ability to shoot gaps, win on the outside with that hand usage, it's really impressive. And he's somebody that always capitalizes on the true let me pin my ears back and go kind of reps. And when you watch that tape of him, he wins. He beats tackles. And I think it's really going to all click for him this year. I think he's somebody that, you know, 2020 was the COVID season. We know what that did to the pack. So he did not have a lot of games, but he had tremendous production. 2021, obviously coming off the the Achilles, the non-contact tear, they had to ease him back in. So the stats don't look as pretty as maybe a guy that played a 10-game season. But I think this year it's all going to come together for him. The talent's all there. He's already produced on the field. He just needs rep after rep after rep. And I can't wait to see him go full throttle. Do you ever have reservations about, about Pac-12 players in the trenches? Because oh, I do. 100%. Like, like naturally, I, I just do. And, and you don't want to... You don't want that to overpower what you're watching, right? If you watch a player be physically imposing in the Pac-12, knowing that you think, okay, this guy's skill set, his physicality, his 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 traits, his body, his frame, everything, like all of that can clearly stand up against any conference in the country. But there are a handful of times where I will watch Pac-12 players and I feel like, okay, you're going up against lighter offensive tackles because that's normally what the brand is in that conference. And I see you winning, but I don't see you dominating nearly as much as you maybe should. Do you see any of that with, with Zion? Do, do you have any of those reservations about him playing in the Pac-12 or were you kind of good with those? No, I think it's both. I think that he does dominate when he's on the field and I think it's against bad players. And I think for me, the fortunate answer to this question is that he is a fifth year player even though he's junior um class right now he could have a sixth year if he wants he's a fifth year player i think we're going to see him at the senior bowl or the shrine game and i think that is going to open the door for him in a way that we've seen other pass rushers get to go up against top tier talent so if he goes through this season and it has the green light for a full workload and dominates the way i think he will 
And I think he's going to beat up on some really bad competition. I truly do believe that it's going to come uh, with that little asterisk next to it. Then I think we're fortunate enough we're going to see him in the all-star circuit. And much like we saw with many pass rushers in the past, but notably I think of Jermaine Johnson every time. Right. It might ultimately dictate where he goes by about a difference of 40 plus or negative spots. Yeah. No, it makes sense. It makes sense. And, and those all-star circuits, whether it's the, the East West Shrine Bowl, whether it's a senior bowl, whatever it is, it's a great opportunity to get to go against some different competition. I think you and I spoke about that back in January when we were covering those events here on this podcast. And that's what we like to see the most. So, um, you know, if we end up getting Zion there, I, I know I'll get plenty more eyes on him before then, but that's certainly something that I think about. With It'll take you about an hour. Cause there's not a ton of reps to watch. So that's a good thing. You don't <laughs> hey, have to carve speed, out much time. Listen, speed scouting at this point in the year, when I'm trying to watch as many guys as possible, I mean, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll welcome that. I'll welcome that plenty. Okay. Shout out to ultimate as always. Yeah. Big shout out to PFF ultimate for sure. So one of those players that uh, I'm talking about being a first time eligible player, at least I believe this is the case. My number five guy, it's Felix. Anudike Uzoma, the pass rusher from Kansas State. Do you have him in your top five? No, I'm really glad you do because he was a a firm number six for me. And I was like, man, this kind of stinks that I'm not going to talk about him, but I have a feeling that he'll make it into Trevor. So this is perfect. Yep, yep. I had him at number five, almost had him at number four. So I'll obviously talk about who uh, I put over him. But uh, Anudike Uzuma, okay? Great name, Felix. Yes, fantastic (sighs) name. Uh, we always love the hyphens for pass rushers as well. Really, any defensive player. We each did a hyphenated pass rusher for number five. I, you know, you love to see it. Didn't even think about that, but you do love to see it. Six foot four, two hundred fifty-five pounds, and that two hundred fifty-five pounds is very interesting because a little bit of background on him: three-star edge player from Kansas City, Missouri. He was two hundred and twenty pounds. He's about as heavy as what you would think a running back would be when he was in high school. So he was an edge player playing at two twenty, and he didn't get a lot of offers because of it. Only scholarship offers came from Kansas State, obviously where he ended up, uh, as well as Tulsa and Northern Iowa. In fact, not only was the weight an issue in high school, so was the production. I read, and this was this was a quote from him. So it wasn't anybody skimping him on it. He said. Pretty sure I only had like five sacks my entire high school career. His entire high school career. We're not even talking about like a final season or a junior and senior year. This guy's talking about he only got to the quarterback five times throughout his high school career. And he was sitting there weighing 220 going into the recruiting cycle. So obviously that was something that was a reason why he was held back a little bit. He has gained 35 pounds since then. And dude, I mean, when you watch him play, it's a dense 35 pounds. Like he plays it. When, when I looked at the background of this and then I went to watch him play, I was like, this is not a light player who they just tried to throw weight on. This guy got in a college strength program and got strong. Like he got bigger. He got denser. He holds up on the line of scrimmage. And now he is a player that, you have to allocate multiple resources. One of the games I watch is that Oklahoma game. I watched Kansas State versus Oklahoma. And there were times during the first half where he was just wreaking havoc on either the left the left tackle or the right tackle from both sides of the line of scrimmage. And then the second half in the game, I remember there was a specific play that I almost screenshotted and sent you, but I didn't know if it was going to be too out of context and we're going to get it. But 
Oklahoma had three players, the left tackle, the left guard, and the tight end, just boxing him in. And they were basically like, anyone else on this Kansas State defensive line is going to beat us, but it is not going to be you for the rest of the game. So, he had, I mean, look, he had an incredible year last season. Uh, this is straight from Kansas State. They said he enters 2020 uh, ranked second nationally enforced fumbles per game, yeah. which you can see with the strength profile. Six last year. Third in sacks per game, almost uh, almost three-fourths of a sack per game, is three forced fumbles shy of tying the school's record, which wow. is insane because he barely played the year before. So this is all basically coming from one year of production. He's also six and a half sacks away from entering K-State's career top 10 list. I believe he had 11 sacks last year, 14 tackles for loss. Uh, when I wrote down the strengths and weaknesses for him, this is what I had. Vice grips for hands. So there are times when he loses balance, gets a bit thrown off by the offensive lineman. Like they'll be, they'll be doing a little battle. They'll both have their arms out. The offensive lineman will win, whether it's with a step or leverage or something. You just see him get off balance. But when the offensive lineman goes to throw him aside, he ain't letting go. And if he's going to the ground, the offensive tackle is coming with him. So just incredible forearm strength, incredible hand strength. That's what you'd love to see from an edge rusher. Um, got an incredibly relentless motor no matter what they're asking him to do they'll ask him to go around the edge they'll ask him to come inside they'll ask him to do all sorts of stunts and games going back towards the middle loves the club rip move or the dip rip move i absolutely as a bigger guy you know you figure you you're trying to forklift the offensive tackles uh, outside or inside arm when you're trying to get by him because he's not as fast right he's not blowing by with as much ease he knows that the contact's going to come so you want to and he does this often he'll get a little stab in there he'll hit you to the chest and then he'll rip that arm straight through and he'll get right up under the armpit of the offensive tackle. And that's something that he really loves to do. Very comfortable with very powerful um, when he does it, the lateral and vertical explosiveness, I think really, really stand out. He is clearly because of his build and his style, more of a four, three defensive end than a guy that's going to be an outside linebacker edge bender, kind of a player. The weakness I just mentioned it. There doesn't have the best bend in the class, but I think it's okay. I, certainly with how comfortable he is getting up under and around the outside arm of the offensive tackle, it's okay. He can get away with it. I think he loses balance a little bit too often, which is a little bit weird. Maybe it was just the games that I happened to watch, but I had that on note. Needs to anticipate a little bit better because as much as I said that he's got good lateral explosiveness, there are times when it's either an RPO or a fake one way or the other. Or they're using play action one way. It's just some sort of misdirection. And he just he's he's he does not anticipate as much as he should. He almost kind of like stops in his tracks. And he's like, okay, where is the ball going? A little bit more anticipation there will will make him less susceptible to those misdirections and those uh, those play action kind of plays. And so I think that all of that really just more reps for him. As I mentioned, I think that the first couple of years was about getting weight, getting strength understanding the strength level that he had, learning how to use that to his advantage. You saw a lot of the fruits of that labor last season, but uh, this is a big, powerful 4-3 defensive end guy, but a player with a relentless motor and really strong hands, a power profile that I think the NFL is really going to like. Yeah, he was he was right on the edge there for me. I liked the upside, obviously, more of um, Tupuola Fatui. But I, I obviously the sample size of what Felix did last year was, you know, drastically. He just he played a lot more and had insane production. He was healthy, and I think for me, what I liked is that he had that Ajabo stutter step that really set up tackles and kind of got them stuck in the mud. Where it, it's, yeah, I always compare it to a 
point guard or a shooting guard isolating, you know, against a defender. And when he gets those isolation reps against tackles, he can use that stutter and the tackles often freeze. And then he gets the second move going. And that yep. was how he, he won a lot of reps. And, you know, the only negative note I wrote on him was that his numbers are impressive, right? The six force fumbles, that's a playmaker. That means you're yep. throwing up the ball. You're doing something right. The 11 sacks, it's a little inflated. A lot of coverage sacks um, and a lot of quarterbacks just doing dumb things in that conference, like <laughs> basically like sc- like scrambling up into the gap. Sure. But, I mean, he, he was productive, not just with sacks. He was productive with hurries, forcing pressure, like you said, disrupting plays. So uh, a really good year for him and one of those guys that can easily be one of the top five edges taken in this draft. All right. Uh, number four for me is another kind of interesting player that has that injury path, but big time flashes, and that's Darrell and Chami from Maryland. And he's somebody that, you know, the we'll start with those injuries to really paint the full picture here. He tore his ACL in 2019, uh, and he had season-ending upper body surgery in 2021. I don't mm-hmm. think it's public knowledge of what that exact injury was. But when you watch the reps that he's been able to put out on the field already, uh, he's a redshirt senior, six foot four, two sixty. So he's he's another guy that'll have that all star circuit chance if he has a big time season. The talent here, Trevor, is just so legit. I mean, a stand up rusher with power in his hands. Maybe I watched eleven guys. Maybe the best shoulder dip slash that ankle flexion Ooh. in the class. I, I really mean that. You love I, to I see really that. mean that. And that to me was. This guy can do it, and he wins this way. He just he needs to stay healthy, and he's had some real bad luck in that route. There's a difference between always being banked up and running into some bad luck. And honestly, in the NFL, it's tough to deal with either. I'm not going to pretend that just because you've had some bad luck, it doesn't hurt your prospect profile. But with the torn ACL behind him and the 2021 season-ending season ending injury mm-hmm. behind him, I hope that this guy explodes this year because the tape was just the way he wins is so translatable. That was the most important thing to me is that when you can convert speed to power, you have powerful hands, but you also can win on the outside by dipping that shoulder and flattening into the pocket. That's a skill set that I didn't see with a lot of these guys, to be honest with you. I really didn't see. I know you said it, you know, when you kick things off with number five, uh, within a DK Uzama is that, you know, it's it's when you're not the bendiest, you got to find other ways to win. And right. that doesn't mean you can't succeed. But when you can bend like that and do the other things, it's very hard for a tackle to shut you down. What you know, rep in and rep out for an entire game. So I think within Chami, like there is just there is something there. NFL body, NFL skill set, and the awful annoying volatility of just staying healthy because yeah it's you know and i'll pull up his numbers as well before we close the book on him but he was just somebody that if if people listen to the show are are diving into this class and you don't have him on your list because obviously you know he's just missed a lot of time throughout his career that he's someone to me that just kind of like zion makes the most of those reps and i think that's going to go a long way for him this season i didn't watch him either and i think it was because of the lack of reps there that uh, he wasn't really on my radar so this is another player who i've got to be able to get eyes on because this is uh this sounds like it's a high potential guy Um, yeah 19.4 percent was his pressure percentage which is good that's a big time number and he you know once again he only had the 93 pass rush reps last year but 
uh, he was getting home a lot, and he was getting home in a way that it works, where you, a lot of these guys we watched were, you know, beating up on some bad play or or just getting coverage sacks. So I was, I was really impressed with the toolbox. Okay, all right. Love it. Love to hear it. We're giving you guys a variety of different players today. Of the yes. guys that we happen to not watch, Connor seems to really like those guys, and I means I got to get eyes on him. Do you have uh, Isaiah Foskey in your top five? I don't. He didn't make the cut. Okay. I have him at number four. So this nice. is good. We've got, we have got four totally different players here at numbers four, five and four. So it's really the running back list. situation all over again. Like it kind of is the running back yeah. position. Because uh, well, who did I have? I had Blake Corum that I watched that you didn't. Mm-hmm. Didn't watch him. Uh, and then I think there was one other one that we were talking about. You had about. Sean Tucker at two. I think I had him at four or five. Like there was just. Good balance, good difference of opinion. Sean Tucker goat. Uh, all right, so Isaiah Foskey, the pass rusher for Notre Dame senior, could have come out last year, and I, I really think that he could have been a top 50 pick last year. Like, I think that this dude could have been an early second-round pick. I think that he wanted to come back, put another year yeah. of production out there, getting a little bit better even, maybe doing the all-star circuit, helping himself campaign for himself a little bit more to see if he could be a first-round pick. Notre Dame's got him listed at six foot five, two hundred and sixty pounds. I don't know if he's two sixty. I don't know if he's. I think he's closer to two fifty. But hey, you do. I, I guess he plays like he's two sixty. I mean, he. I just. I. That's purely visual. I don't even say that because of how he plays. Because his 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 run defense grade was really great at PFF, and I thought he was yeah. great with the hands. And I thought he was. Oh, great. he's strong. Very technically sound in how he approached that. So when I say that, I think he's a little bit lighter. It's literally just visual. It, it's not me saying he's getting blown off the ball. He needs to get stronger. I wonder if he's. You said full- he's weak. Yeah. Uh, get yeah. Your weight I, up, son. I definitely. I I just said I can Add bench Foskey. I I can bench more than Isaiah Foskey. Uh, no, absolutely not. Please do not clip that and send it to him. Uh, <laughs> Everybody clip and send it to him. <laughs> so six foot five, two sixty. Maybe he is a full two sixty. I don't know. Four star player, but he was a tight end recruit as much as he was an edge rusher. And I would actually probably say, from what I learned about his recruiting track he was recruited more as a tight end than as an edge rusher, but ended up going to Notre Dame because they wanted him to go to be a defensive end. Uh, He obviously accepted that, wanted that to be where he played. He wanted to play on the defensive side of the ball. Long arm. So we got the six foot five frame. I'm definitely not doubting the six foot five frame because I think he's got the long arms and he consistently shows that Uh, bigger frame used and i say that i i have this in my notes the longer arms are used as a choice of weapon in combat that is that's how he understands the strength of what his length and leverage can do um understands the power of of separation getting that separation those extended arms from the offensive tackles and the leverage and he uses them i think consistently he's got good strength at the point of attack i mentioned for run defense that was something that i really liked on his tape i feel like he's not the player he's not a specialist player i think you can keep him on the field for all three downs and he could attack both shoulders with pretty good effectiveness i i watched a handful of games of his and you know whether he was making a move inside or whether he was attacking to the outside i felt like he was very comfortable doing both and understood what it took 
to win both, right? I mean, if he's crossing the face, he's got to get that foot in the ground right off the bat, and he's got to get immediately over to the other shoulder of the offensive tackle as if not to get caught in between the arms, in between the shoulders, and allow him to kind of get his hands on him, bear hug him a little bit there. He understands that that explosiveness laterally is what's most important, and then uh, you know he can understand that when he's going to the outside, the second step, getting up the arc, getting past and even with the outside shoulder before he really extends that arm and puts the offensive tackle in an awkward situation. I felt like he approached pass rushing with a really good head on his shoulders, if you will, and you saw that in the production that he gave us last year. Weaknesses, two-point stance rusher. He's yep. very comfortable in that role. I don't think that you're going to be able to get flexible with him, even though he's got the – and this is kind of goes back to the weight. Even though he has 260 on the weight sheet, and people might be like, hmm? Yeah, you could probably teach him to be a three-point guy, get the hand in the dirt, get a little bit lower. Maybe you could, but he he feels most comfortable from that squatted two-point stance that he really likes to be in. You just see that comfort, so I wouldn't change that. I think he's more of a outside linebacker type, despite maybe getting those weight numbers up a little bit more. Um, only real point of emphasis for me, and this is why I got him at number four, I just want him to get more experience, understand more pass rush moves because I think he's got the ability to do it all. Now, that's not to say his game is perfect. Could he get a little bit faster? Could he get a little, a little bit stronger? Maybe those things are there, certainly. But, I, you know, he's got great height. He's got a great frame. He's got the long arms. He fills out the frame really well. It's not like I, I need this guy to lose weight or gain weight or I wish he was faster, wish he was stronger. I really don't. He brings a very even all-around profile to edge play not just pass rush play i think he is a complete player and when you get him more experience with trying out different pass rush moves different counters how to push pull with a little bit more uh consistently and regularity you know adding a spin move in there using a swim a little bit more than he does outside of just long-armed moves stabs clubs rips all that stuff I think that you can get yourself a really, really good player and one that would be a good back of the first round, dependable edge guy to, to, to put on your roster. So I liked him. I, I liked him a lot. I thought he has a higher NFL floor than the guys I ranked four and five. Yeah, and there you go. That, that's a really good way to say yeah, it. Yeah, that that's the beauty of these shows and why they are so different than the shows we will do in, let's say what, January or yeah. start in January. We'll, yeah, that, we'll probably take a look back at this at one which begins January. Yeah, these are you could you could throw a, you could throw a couple play action bombs on these and say you know what I think this guy has all the tools. Let's watch him explode this year. And you're gonna hit on some. You're gonna miss on some. For me with Foskey, I just thought he was somebody where I I agree with you. He could have declared last year, and he's an NFL player with what he already does well. He is so stout in the trenches. He is very smart. He understands how to contain. He plays with good effort and strength. Now, can he grow this year? I, I Sure. We just went on this whole rant about how pass rushers break out late sometimes and continue to grow. But um, definitely somebody that I think when all is said and done has a really good chance to be in the top five because the reality is not all of these projectable players are going to take that giant leap forward so you and i had different number fives different number fours we've already introduced four edge rushers on the show oh you love to see it you love to see it number I three for me i wonder if we're gonna have the the same exact top i think three. we do i think we will i it, don't know if it, it'll be the same it, order it, but it I think all we will. it all depends on who you have at number three andre carter from army we're gonna we're gonna have the same top three Okay, well, let's just do a little back and forth then. There's and that's not a wrong bad that. thing. That's not There's a bad thing. We're that. pretty solidified right now with, with how good these guys are. So I'm excited to talk about this. So this was a guy 
Uh, and now, now I here's say, a guy. Here's See, a guy. Now, now you now you're officially a PFFer right oh, there with man. the now here's a guy. So so and it was natural. That wasn't even uh, on purpose. So, you know. Okay. So I always say on the show, and I'm being serious, that I don't have a college football team by default. It would be Army because the closest school to where I grew up was West Point. Nice. Um, now. I don't live near there anymore, but you know, once when Army's on, I watch I, I watch a lot of college football, but I like to watch Army. You could not miss Andre Carter in the year 2021. Quite literally, yeah. this dude is six foot seven. He's 265 pounds. They stand him up a lot. So you're talking about a dude? How many? Almost, six, almost exclusively. I I literally wrote as big of a stand up rusher you will ever see. <laughs> Former two-star, very little recruiting hype, uh, very unique path, crazy. obviously. Yeah. Crazy, crazy. Late bloomer. Man, this guy right here, just his length is outstanding, and he knows how to use it to win. It's it's really, it's cool if you're six foot seven. It's cooler if you're six foot seven, and you know how to use a swim move, or you know how to keep tackles arms off of you, and uh, you know how to shoot through the gap and use that length. So that was the thing that stood out to me right away is that okay, he's six foot seven, he's putting up monster production, he's playing as a stand-up guy. Can he win with those God-given tools? And he can. I think he plays with his hair on fire. He covers mm-hmm. a ton of ground. He's got these gazelle strides. He covers so much ground with those strides. He plays with his hair on fire. He attacks in the backfield. They let him attack in the backfield. Um, a lot of the sacks are on pure speed to power. I know I said he can win with his length, but he also, because he's a stand-up rusher that gets to rush from wide alignments a decent amount, he a can lot, gen- a lot. You you could just say it. He there are there if you if it's anybody fun to watch if anybody out there gets their hands on all twenty two li- Liberty film of Army versus Liberty. Oh my you, god! Did you watch the Liberty game specifically? It's the first one I watched. The 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 camera view for the end zone angle is in tight a little bit it's tighter than it normally is for an all 22 angle and carter's not even on the screen to start the play like before the snap you just see him i just pulled it up again screaming in from off this (laughs) off the camera shot yes that's exactly it it's like watching somebody be like a human slingshot into the screen yep so with all that being said the tools, the production is outstanding. Mm-hmm. The effort he plays with, what he's turned himself into, being a former two-star, it's all awesome. I do think there are holes in his game right now where I don't think, and maybe this is a product of the scheme because I do think they they really let this guy attack. There is um, a couple flaws against the run or you know there's not that containment mindset ever he Mm. overshoots the run a decent amount he is so tall for a stand-up guy that i thought when blockers are able to get to their spot against him they they do know how to use leverage against him yeah uh, because they can get their hand low man wins right so i think that there is things that need to be coached up with him uh army has over the years really transformed into an excellent program compared to now, I remember the days living close to the program, and I'm, I remember the days. This is when literally you'd get the newspaper to your house, and they would they'd win like a game or two. I mean, they were horrific. Those days are past them. But Trevor, let's just call it what it is. We're not going to get to see him coached up or playing in the SEC or the, you know, the Big Ten or things like that. It's just the reality. It's, 
you turn on the film and the production's awesome, but you what game did you say? You went to Liberty. Like, you right. know what I mean? There's Yeah. So there's a lot of tools for this guy to work with. And there's a lot of reasons why you look at him and go, man, he he could be a Carlos Dunlap. Like that's what I think of when I watch him play that rare six foot seven height in the ways he can win. Yep. Um, but there's just some very basic things in his game, specifically against the run that need to be coached up where I think he's in a different tier than the next two guys I'm going to talk about. A pretty, dra- pretty drastic tier. Than the so, next two guys. so army has not had a player draft in the first round since 1947. I oh, did not well, this, know this that. dude is going to buck that trend. Yeah, many rounds. I think he has to, right? Just like physical traits alone. I feel like we've seen the NFL bet so much on dude less third rounder on on pass rush traits alone. Yeah, yeah. So so just to expand upon kind of what you said there, two star recruit. You're right. He was a two star outside linebacker recruit, but he was a at one point he was a four star tight end recruit. I did not know that there was not there was not like a ton of interest for him. Uh, you mentioned he kind of bounced around a little bit. Uh, I believe he was, he's from what well, he, he, it's listed on his recruiting site that he's from Missouri city, Texas, but he actually started playing high school football in Temecula, California, um, moved to Missouri city, Texas during his high school year, played at Ridge point high. Uh, Oh, but no, 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 no. He wasn't a four-star tight end, but he was playing behind a four-star tight end. So he okay. was all, he was, sorry. He was also playing tight end. I read that wrong. He was also playing tight end at the time, but he was not really getting a lot of attention as a tight end. Cause he was playing behind a stud ends up going to, uh, I think it's Cheshire. I think it's how you say this Academy in Connecticut. Okay. Uh, head coach there, let him play both tight end and a defensive end. Cause he wanted to try his hand at that. And obviously Pretty sure that's a good, that's a good program. If far as if I'm thinking of the right program, either defense, way, defensive end, obviously got him where he wanted to go. Gets him to army. I have a lot of the same strengths and weaknesses that you do. Relentless worker, the arms, the hands, the legs, they're churning at all times. I mean, he is making life absolute hell for all offensive linemen that are in front of him. Long arms, huge advantage against most offensive tackles just because he has Especially that the frame. ones he sees. <laughs> right, right. So, it's like you know, man I, against boys. And, and it's funny, for as wide as they put him, in what is like, you know, you listen to coaches and you talk about alignments and you go, okay, well, wide nine is the furthest alignment. Well, this is like, sometimes they'll put him in like a wide 11, which doesn't exist, I don't think. I don't think anybody calls it that. But it's just like, it's the Use next. your imagination. It they can. are putting him like two steps even further sometimes. And the reason. Slot corner. Right, basically. Rushing as a <laughs> slot corner. It's slot blitz. That's what he's it a, is. He's a slot edge. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's blitzing off the Did edge. Did we just come up with doing. a new draft position? Here's my top five <laughs> slot edges for the 2023 class. My slot edges. Uh, yeah. So the, the reason why you would put a guy out that far is because if you think about it logically, think about where the quarterback is at the snap. Let's say that they're under center. When they hike the ball, let's say that they're dropping anywhere from three to five steps back, Okay. If you are in a five technique alignment right in front of the offensive tackle or that's right on the outside shoulder of the offensive tackle, in order for you to get from your point to the quarterbacks, you've got to get past, even with past the offensive tackles outside shoulder, bend around very quickly to then meet the quarterback at the bottom of their drop step when they're, when they're completing the five or the three step drop. If the further away you get from the offensive tackle, 
meaning like if there's a if you're in like a a, a seven alignment which is kind of what you would think if there's a tight end attached to the line of scrimmage the positioning yes. there or a wide nine which is even further than that off the tight end it requires you to have less bend and you are more just running in a straight line to meet the quarterback at the bottom of their drops. It's deck. a slingshot. Right. So you are you are like just sprinting in a straight line, trying to beat the offensive tackle to the spot as he is kick sliding to try to beat you there. So Carter benefits a lot because they put him in this position and he is allowed to just be explosive and he doesn't have to be as bendy. Now I will say there are a handful of times when I watched a couple of clips, Wisconsin game, the Liberty game, especially where I go, okay, that's more Ben than I thought you were going to have my guy. Mm-hmm. Like, sure. like you, you, like he, it's when the offensive tackle would meet him at that spot and yet he could still rip those long arms under the arms of the offensive tackle and he could hit the corner and turn around and get some disruption in the backfield that's how you get those 14 and a half sacks that he had so the alignment you have to think about that when you are weighing what he can do versus what he can't do where they place him allows for his strengths to shine the most but i don't think Outside of losing the natural leverage battle, which he is always going to do at six foot seven, I really didn't think it was that drastic. The lack of bend that you would think that you would see from a six foot seven player. So that's why I ended up having him uh, number three here. When I was going through this list initially, when I went through my first round of watching tape, I think I had Carter at, at five. I think I had him right around five because I was focusing on how they were playing him to mask those weaknesses, how wide they were playing or how they were allowing him to just sprint in a straight line. But then the more I watched, I was like, you know what? A lot of people like this guy. I'm going to turn on a couple more games. Sure. And I did. And I was looking at it at a different angle. And there are times even when he is aligned at a five technique where he will be either trying to hit an inside move or just shooting a gap to the inside in between the tackle and the guard. And that lateral explosiveness to hit that gap is there and I go, dang, he's not as limited flexibility wise. And I guess I'll say like laterally moving as I thought he was going to be. So that's kind of a, I, I'm, I'm trying to build off of what you said because you put a great baseline together of what he is as a prospect. But just to give people a note, you're going to see him in an interesting kind of a unique position as a pure two point stance, very wide rusher. Understand how that helps him. But also when there are those instances where you see him a little bit closer to the line of scrimmage, closer to the tackles, maybe kicking inside sometimes on long third down distances, watch how his skill set still shines. It's not like they're it's not like he can't play if if he's not that far outside the trench, if he's that far outside the trenches, if they are lining him up that wide. He can still play. And he's a damn good football player. And that's why I had to bring him up to number three. He's just, I think, physically very gifted in what he is doing. Yeah, he's no gimmick. Like, it's not a gimmick because he plays for Army. And, and the, you know, obviously fans of Army should be rightly really excited about this player. And it's he's legit. It's not just a gimmick. So, you know, it's funny when you said you wrote him down, at, you know, round number five and ended up really warming up to him. I watched him, I think, third or fourth. And... I was like, I don't think this guy is going to make my top five. And I think it spoke to 
how, like you said, I warmed up to him after watching everybody else mm-hmm. and going back to him. Mm-hmm. I went, he's, he is the same for me. I went back and watched more of him and I was like, man, the tools are very impressive. Yep. And I, I have no problem betting on them in this exercise. And I, I thought he was just more physically impressive than a lot of the other guys that I stacked behind him. So number I, two, I, oh, really, I, I just wanted to say, I, I really did like the burst off the first step from a six foot seven, six, yes 65 player that he is i don't think that can be understated as well yeah he i mean let's just say this he was impressive enough uh that i I, i'm gonna make an effort to go up to at least a game this year because he's somebody that you really want to see in person you want to be on the field before the game love it um games at west point are an incredible experience so it's um never been i gotta go yeah it's, it's, it's really underrated so all right now we get into i would say a little bit more fun Mm-hmm. Number two, man, I, I guess the the guy I was the most impressed with based on hype versus expectations versus reality. Um, I had watched a lot of Andre Carter last year. I had seen, you know, plenty of a lot of the guys we talked about today and the guys will honorable mention after this. I'll be the first to say I didn't realize how good Miles Murphy is. I will raise my hand and say because ma- everybody was too busy talking shit on clemson like there were two yes. who were like oh clemson's bad clemson's bad clemson's bad and uh two players in the defensive line brian Brees and miles um and miles murphy were like hey hey you still doing? here five stars <laughs> we're still here <laughs> so man i just number one you truly do have i don't like being this guy and i tr- and i don't i'm usually not you you do need the all 22 to appreciate how good of a player he is and maybe that's a lot of it right like i watched a lot of broadcast clemson last year and i'll be honest with you obviously leading up to this draft like you weren't you know just he's not a guy that you would have the opportunity to see a ton of and then you dive in exclusively on him like we're doing this summer it was awesome former five-star recruit uh shows a really nice push pull move already and he knows how to turn the corner that and that's raw power it's the grip strength it's the ability to try to convert that speed to power and then pull the tackle but what impressed me so much a lot of guys that are so strong like him and we're talking about a player here that is six foot five 275 pounds playing on the edge they like to use the push pull and kind of like houdini the guy low and under and just keep going straight which yes is an a to b direction to get there quickly this guy showed the ability to push pull and turn around him because the good tackles you might be able to use the push pull against them but they know how to something we use on the show so often when discussing evaluation of tackles they know how to recover so much with balance mm-hmm. like charles cross could last year that if you use the push pull on them you might only have a split second to do your next move because they're going to be able to recover quickly enough. And this guy knows how to turn the corner off the push pull. And that, it's jarring. Um, number one thing you have to know about him mm-hmm. is he's asked so often to read, react, and contain. Like, he he does not get the green light that all these other guys on the show get. He is asked so often to be responsible. Think of the Patriots defense, right? Like, the guy in Miami runs a similar defense and the rules that they have up front as well. Where he is asked so often, snap the ball and hold the fort or see where the play is going not pin my ears back and kill the quarterback when he gets the chance to do that Mm -hmm. man some special stuff i I mean there's a long arm move that i clipped out for twitter that he put on the yukon left tackle where this this guy does not get tripped he does not lose his footing 
It's just a long arm, oh, and no, you're I, thrown no, into I the ground, and then he kills the quarterback. He do, he gets the two for one. Uh, so there's special power with this player. There is special IQ with this player. And I think he is another guy that his effort and hustle leads to a lot of plays because when you have the kind of power he has matched with the nonstop effort and hustle, you are going to win eventually. That was something that I loved about Jermaine Johnson last year was that, yes, he didn't always win in two seconds off the snap, but when you have that kind of effort and hustle combined with your raw strength, you are going to find a way to win. And Miles Murphy did a really good job of that as well. So I I was blown away by this dude. Um, I know all the hype is going to be about number one, and there's a reason for that. But Miles Murphy uh, cemented in the first round for me right now. And, and what I saw, he's on the path to be a top 10 to 15 pick next year. This clip is gross. Nasty stuff. He, he, Nasty stuff. He, he makes it look like this Khalil is Mack tackle. does that. That's the Khalil Mack like teach. <laughs> right, team. right. This yeah. is no. This is this is a great. This is a great example of of exactly what Miles Murphy can bring to the table. Which is a little plug for your Twitter account if you're not following Connor. What are you doing? You need to do that. What a, so what a what a co-host. We look. Sorry, I keep getting. I'm gonna let you start with, with number one because. Like I no, keep getting okay. to take no. the floor and then you get to like, you know, no, kind of brother, piggyback. I, like I, I talk it's enough. It's only fair. It's I only talk fair. enough. I can talk circles enough. Five-star defensive end for Marietta, Georgia. Number three overall player in the class by ESPN. I mean, unanimous five-star guy. And you could see that in his recruiting profile, how big he was, how imposing he was just getting on campus at Clemson. And then you mentioned it, you know, with him as just a sophomore last year, what he was able to do. You talked about how he really wasn't able to pin his ears back as much as you probably would like to see. That's kind of the Trayvon Walker thing that we saw last year, right? Now, I don't think it was as much like Trayvon Walker because I really do feel like... This guy's better. Well, as a a pass rusher, you mean? Or just like overall? Uh, I think he's going to end up a better player. I mean... And and we're talking about the number one pick from last year. I think this dude's going to be a better player. I wonder how many teams in the NFL would have picked Trayvon Walker at number one overall. That's a great point because I think the list is really low. And it's not that Trayvon Walker's a bad player. No, I can't, Trayvon Walker's I can't really say damn that good. Enough. But number one, it goes back to, yes, the number the number one conversation. A little, a little silly. All right, strengths and weaknesses for uh, for Miles Murphy there. Oh, wait, did you mention the height and weight? 6'5", 275? Yeah, yeah. An, ab- an absolute Beef. unit. An absolute yeah. unit. True unit. Beefy boy club. Incredible natural athlete at his size. That is the first thing that I wrote in here. And it took, brother, it took me four plays to write that down. It took me like four plays to write that down. How obvious it is that this guy is is as athletic as he is. He's crazy. He's nuts. You just know, like you, it's true. A couple snaps into watching him, you, you knew that he was different than all the other guys we talked about already. Couple snaps. Very explosive out of his stance when he's pinning his ears back, when they allow him to do it. I do have that noted in there. Loves to hit the inside move. When they give him the green light to to, to shoot the gap between the tackle and the guard, he loves to do that, and he's very confident in doing so. Uh, proves to be very effective and how powerful he is when they're asking him to do all sorts of stunts, games, whatever you want to call them, where he's moving, looping around somebody or taking a couple of offensive tackles. They'll let him do that as well. Very powerful player who had an elite run defense grade as a true freshman. This dude stepped on campus in the ACC and had an elite run defense grade by PFF, which is super impressive. He wins with power consistently, and that's really where his game comes from right now. I'm curious if we're going to be able to see more from him 
at Clemson, knowing that new defensive coordinator, right? Brent Venables is not there anymore. So there is a chance that he is not playing that same sort of role that he was the year before. There's a chance that they could let him be more of a pass rusher consistently. I'm excited to see whether or not that's going to be the case because, you know, look, the weaknesses does not have elite bend, right? I mean, like that's, he is a bigger player. He is six foot five, 275 pounds. I don't think it is glaring because I do think that he's got good explosiveness and flexibility, but when you're watching him, it's, He's a power player. I mean, like even the, the clip that you posted, one of the, one of his best clips that we're going to see all year is him sticking his long arm out, getting it straight into the chest of the offensive tackle, churning those legs and making it so the offensive tackles on skates is helpless and then on his butt. That's a power move. That's that is strength in the arms. That is strength in the legs. That's strength in the core. He's just he is a power player right now. Pass rush plan is more winning off initial burst, if you ask me, than it is to how how to really attack any outside shoulder when he's getting around the edge. But again, I think that to echo you, that comes with experience. If he's playing a different role this year, I think that he will hone in on more pass rush moves, being able to show a lot more of those. So I think that when you look at Miles Murphy to kind of wrap it up here with him. If you are a 4-3 defensive end team, if you want your two edge rushers to have their hands in the dirt at all times, this is a perfect player for you. This is a player with all sorts of athleticism and size combination potential. He's a top 20 pick, no doubt about it, for any team that is playing that structured front on their defense. And um, yeah, he's just, you mentioned it, Clemson did not get the hype that they were supposed to get last year. And because of it, I think we got a negative connotation on all of the players on yep, that roster point. and uh, just should not have been the case with Murphy. Cause he, he has a chance to be special. Yeah. Player comp popped into my head while watching him. And I, then I forgot to say it. And then when you were going on about how awesome he is, it popped back into my head. Cam Jordan is who I, I saw in miles Murphy, dude. I kind of thought of Cam Jordan almost immediately, but I'm like, I can't compare anybody. Cam Jordan's yeah, career is Cam Jordan's sure. career. Has been but so you're, you're just painting the picture of, of what the player but you're right. The kind you're, what's, what's like, here's the thing about player comps and why they get misconstrued on, on, and I, I'm the first one to say like, this is ridiculous. It, you're trying for this sake of this show. It's summer scouting. We are a year away from these guys being in the NFL at best. You're trying to paint the picture of what they can be or what the role they can play for your defense. And that's why, you know, like if I said somebody that like 20% of the audience knows, it's not, it's bad content. Wait, hold on here. Cam Jordan was 287 at the combine? At the combine? I know he plays at 285. I thought he came in a lot lighter. Does he play at 285? That's he what he's listed. He does play at 285. Yeah, yeah. Man, that is a, that, that is one dense mother effort but i mean dude, miles yeah, murphy can carry it that's true that's true and like cam jordan's just one of the best defensive yes over so reliable he's he's um, been fantastic that that is what you would love to, i mean that's what you would love miles murphy to be and he can yeah. and he can be he is in that mold to your point when you're saying player comps you're kind of saying like okay he is of this mold of a player you're right he can summer be. player comps what do you he want the player to be versus <laughs> when we come to the draft this is what I think the player is. Right. So, right. yeah. All right. Not, I mean, Will Anderson um, is Reggie White uh, in the summer scouting. You know, that's... Uh, that's just... <laughs> so, let's go there. Will Anderson, obviously, our number one pass rusher on the show. Yep. Uh, we'll see, you know, when we stack the top 50, the stock exchange top 50, if he's the number one player. I don't think a lot of people listening are very surprised by this. Uh, I do find his background interesting to me, Trevor. He is not a former five-star recruit. He is a no. former four-star recruit and was a top 10 player 
in the state of Georgia, not mm-hmm. a top 10 player in his recruiting class. So mm-hmm. the question is, how did we get here with Will Anderson? Like, why is this guy just completely overachieved in expectations for such a young player for the premier program or one of the premier programs of college football the last 20 years? 6'4", 243, probably going to jump out at a lot of people. Some people think that's light. I saw a frame that can easily carry 250. I saw hands that were so advanced for a guy this young that it doesn't even really make sense, right? Because he's playing in the SEC, so it's not like he's just beating up on, you know, pinballing some bad tackles. I saw advanced hands, powerful. Uh, He knows how to work off blocks. I thought his contact balance is excellent. He's never the guy that's moving back and forth. It's always the offensive lineman, and he stands his ground moving forward. Which is impressive because he's what, 243? You know? So his his low, but I'll say this about the 243 weight. He has a lot of lower body power. Like you could see it in his legs that this guy is generating an absurd amount of lower body power that – you know, it's funny to me how we kind of scoff as a scouting community at 243 for an edge. I think he carries some of the best weight in the entire, you know, obviously in the entire country. Really. One, of, one of my notes that I have on him is for a player who is 245, he plays with the strength of a player who is 260, 265. That's, he, I, 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 he I does. have my notes right there because he does. You're totally right. When this guy runs up to any offensive lineman, I'm not just talking about offensive tackles here. I'm talking about guards. He will push them back. He, yep. you, you talked about the strength that he has in his lower body, but also just understands leverage and the importance of it. Leverage so Nailed well. It. He stays as low as he possibly can. He gets the hands up. He's moving in the correct direction. He lifts up the offensive linemen to make sure they're more on their heels than anything else. He gets them off balance. And even guys who outweigh him by 60 plus pounds, he is knocking them back a couple of steps. He, this dude rarely ever loses and he just he he plays with the strength of a guy who's almost got 20 more pounds on him which is quite literally perfect for a edge rusher because how many times do we watch guys and we go mm, he's 260 you like the strength but ah he's just limited flexibility you just we, we we wish it was a little bit faster we wish he moved a little bit better or you'll watch guys who are 240 245 and you'll go man Really can't have him on the field on wish every down. Right. Sure wish he was stronger. Will Anderson is a 245 player who moves at the speed of a good-ass yep. 245 player, and he plays with the strength of a 260, 265 player. Nails it. Moves, moves like he's 230, uh, has the strength of a 260-pounder, weighs a 243. It's a fake number. Like What Will Anderson weighs does not matter. That's I cannot true. emphasize that yeah. enough. It doesn't matter what right. he weighs today. It doesn't right. matter what he weighs at the combine. It doesn't matter what he, what he weighs when he gets to the NFL training camp because it's probably going to be right around 250 pounds, 245 pounds. Do not change what he is. I don't. If he's playing at 243, that's fine because this dude dominated 17 and a half sacks as a true sophomore in 2021. At the time, I was very vocal that at a minimum, he should have been invited to the Heisman trophy ceremony yes i thought he was deserving of first place votes this guy every single week is a force he's a force every single week he can turn the corner he's got the violent hands he's got excellent closing burst he has that cherry on top skill that he knows how to win but he's not winning and generating hurries he's generating hurries that convert into quarterback hits and sacks 
And that is a skill set. Mm-hmm. That is a skill set because it's closing burst speed based off of the excellent contact balance against the offensive line. So, I, I mean, I, I'm not saying anything that's news to anybody. We know how great Will Anderson is. But when you are trying to chalk up a 1.01 pick in an NFL draft, this is what it looks like. I'd agree. I'd agree completely. We started this podcast saying that edge rushers have the positional value to be potential number one overall picks. And look, we've got two really great quarterbacks in this class. I wonder how much the NFL is going to nitpick Bryce Young because of his height and his overall stature. But CJ Stroud, another fantastic year with him. He's going to be potentially a, a number one overall guy. But it just feels like if you want a can't miss player in this class, it feels like Will Anderson it's is right here. There are right there here. are so I, I have on his weaknesses because you highlighted a lot of his strengths. I, I would just echo a lot of those in different words. His weaknesses, the only weakness to me is time. That's it. And that's that is that is not to say that this is a perfect player, that he does everything perfectly right every play. That's not what I'm saying. But he gives you, we talked about the weight there, how he plays bigger and stronger than what he actually is, and yet he moves extremely fast. This dude, it, it's it's just a matter of getting reps, getting experience, and then just learning more about his craft because he has the tools to do whatever you want. He has the leg strength to be able to bull rush you straight into the quarterback's lap. He has the bend and natural flexibility to be a player who can really separate from you, dip under those shoulders, and get an incredible Von Miller-esque looking sack on the quarterback, right? He can give you all of that and everything in between. All of those other moves, the spin move, a swim move, a club rip, like a little like a ghost pass rush move where he's sticking his arm out of the offensive tackle, getting him the swipe, and then dipping under the arms. It's, I have, I, I'm a sucker for that. I absolutely love any time an edge rusher can pull that off. All of that is within his toolbox. All of that is within the realm of possibility for Will Anderson. We put, we saw him be damn near unblockable almost all of last year. He won the SEC Defensive Player of the Year. He won the Nagurski Award for, I believe that's the best edge rusher or his overall defensive lineman. I can't I remember what D-line, yep. But you said it best. He should have been one of the th- one of the players at the Heisman Ceremony, right? He should have. He absolutely should have. He was the best. He was one of the best players in the country, arguably the best player in the country, Long as health is on his side, I see another year that could be even better than the one that he had this past season. And if a team that does not have an immediate need at quarterback is picking number one overall and they're not trading it back, this dude is pretty close to as safe as you're going to get in this class because of how elite he already is. Yeah, it gives nothing against the run if you needed any more icing on the cake here. I just he's he's a great player. Um, I, I'm really, really happy that we have a Will Anderson in this class. It's something that I don't take for granted because, let's be real, we didn't have someone like this last mm-hmm. year. And mm-hmm. there, there was a lot of, obviously, right up until draft day, a lot of discourse, a lot of debate around the number one overall pick. I, I don't know. I, I think that it's, it's so healthy that we have a player of this talent that... <sighs> At a it's minimum, fun, it's, it's, funny, it's a quarterback it's, league. It's funny. It's but, funny that you said that we didn't have a player of this caliber last year, and yet an edge rusher went number one overall, and an edge rusher went number two overall. And they, this guy's way better, way better. If it's Will not Anderson, close. If Will Anderson was in last year's draft class, he would have he would have been the number one overall pick. Every for every team, every single team, he would have been the number one overall pick, and he 
would be your betting favorite right now as we sit here for defensive rookie of the year we had we had we had three edge players go in the top five and we're out here saying that there was nobody like will anderson now i feel like uh, i mean you're right you're you're, you're this you're is not, not the next not year thing where it's like oh next year's always better no like, he's i awesome. promise you that is he's not awesome. this this guy is awesome i you know i won't go as far to say i'm I, i'm as i have expectations for him like i did maybe for you know the chase young expectations going into that junior year were off the charts yeah but this guy is at least like he's in the stratosphere he deserves he deserves the praise that he's getting no doubt yeah. about it yeah. uh what's a handful of players that did not make your top five that we can get to nolan smith is somebody from georgia that yeah. i want to shout out senior now former shoot let me make sure that i get this right here he was a five-star player yes, he was number one player in the country 2019 uh, in, what was it 2019 yeah. and i saw this too 20th best player of all time according to 247 recruiting they have they had him listed as a recruit of course he was the uh 20th best player of all time in their system the pro comp for him coming out of high school was khalil mack which is uh hilarious khalil mack weighs a little bit more than nolan smith does and i think that's probably what a lot of the conversation is (laughs) nolan smith he's six foot three 235 pounds 235 pounds if you go whoa Okay, so is he just a speed rusher? Kind of is right now, right? That's his game. He's he's a big-time speed guy. He's either bursting off the line of scrimmage to really try to attack the outside shoulder, or he's bursting trying to one-gap between the guard and the tackle uh, for an inside move and just trying to crash inside. You just see the lack of strength i think show up in him i don't think he's i don't think he's super weak for a dude who's 235 i think he can hold his own but you just don't see a lot of that strength that's there i think that there there comes a time to where it's just too little of weight when you're going up against some of those um some of those bigger guys and so i think that that probably shows up in his game doesn't have a ton of pass rush moves or counters when he's rushing the passer i feel like he just tried to out athlete offensive tackles and he wasn't getting on the field nearly as much as he probably could have because that entire defensive class was absolutely stacked Georgia. So maybe it'll be a little bit more consistent. We'll get some even even more pass rush snaps for him this upcoming year. But I think that was the big thing is I felt like he was just trying to sprint to a spot. And that was his only goal. A lot of times when he was a pass rusher and you got to see more moves, you got to see a little bit more of a plan. You could be an athlete, but you want to be an athlete with a plan. You don't just want to be an athlete on the trenches. So that was kind of my thoughts with Nolan Smith. Totally agree. Watch a ton of them. Um, you, you just want more. I, I don't really know how else to say it. You just want more from him. He really was a bit of a one-trick pony right now. He's a lanky speed rusher with twitch and agility. That's what mm-hmm. I wrote down. And it, there, there's a lot of good things that come with that. And when you play for Georgia, where they have five million of every kind of player, you can find a really good role doing that. But at the NFL, that's not how life works. So. I think that right now he's a situational pass rusher on an NFL field and he's got this season to really mold himself into a round one prospect. And we know the talent has always been there to be that, uh, but needs to get stronger. So he did not make the top five, you know, a couple of guys that I didn't expect to make the top five that at least are interesting. Zach Harrison from Ohio state, he's six foot six, two seventy two. He just, he just, he runs hot and cold. There's games where he's throwing people around and making plays in the backfield, and there's games where he totally disappears. And I think a lot of that is uh, pass rush plan, where at Ohio State, there is no better place to get that coached up. So I'm really glad he went back to school because you know, I think there's some, there's a chance for him to truly develop into a more consistent player this year. You know, I felt like the biggest area of concern with, with Harrison was when he didn't win the length battle. 
it was just really tough for him to get by players. You know, like that was that explosive. Was, that was a big thing. Well, I think he's got it. I do think that he's got a decent first step to him, especially for his size. Like, I, I think he's a decent athlete. I really do. But the flexibility and the bend portion of his game, I thought, is lacking to the point where if he was not dominating you with that long arm or just with his length overall with his separation – it was just hard for him to counter anybody that really got their hands on him. And I thought that that was the biggest area of struggle for him. So I didn't have him in the top five either. He's an intriguing player because he does have some dominant moments, but um, and he rushes a little high natural for a guy who's six foot six, but he pops up pretty quickly. Uh, he's, he's got like a hunched over kind of a style to him. And so, and he loses the natural leverage battle, not just with how, tall he is but also just his style of pass rushing and then yeah when he doesn't win that length battle i don't see a lot of successful counters with him to get disengaged from blocker so maybe we'll see a little bit more of that he'll get locked up a little bit less this year and we can see more of that athleticism because i do think he has a decent amount of it yeah there was a couple guys you know bj ojalari aziz's brother on lsu somebody to keep an eye on this year will mcdonald on iowa state and then the last one, I, apologies if I mispronounce the first name, but I, Ayabi Anoma uh, on UT Martin, he was on Alabama and then Houston set out a season for Houston and then did not play, reportedly dismissed from the team. So that's a dude that all the talent in the world has been there and it just has not worked out for him at the college football level, but we'll see if this is the year he puts it together. So an intriguing class, nonetheless. Yep. Last guy that I'll mention, uh, Habakkuk Baldonado, the edge rusher from Pitt. And I wanted to mention him, 6'5", 255 pounds, because he's got a very interesting story. Born in Rome, Italy. Okay, He was a three-star edge rush prospect. Uh, ended up playing a couple of years of junior high and high school football over in Italy, but it, it's just not very big over there, so he transferred transferred he came over to america came over to florida the clearwater international academy yeah uh probably could have worded that a little bit better but he actually only played one year of high school football in the states before getting to pittsburgh and honestly man i mean he's he is a big powerful 4-3 defensive end kind of a player and you know what i want to give him his credit he tries to do some of these pass rush moves but he's just he's not athletic enough to do a lot of these outside speed moves that he tries to kind of pull off so i think if he if he hones in on being more of a power player you could see a little bit more of a bullish style to his game and i think he could be pretty effective with it but he just does not have a good handle on exactly what his strengths are going to be especially at the next level i think that there's definitely a chance you could see that coming in this year because he is a physically imposing guy i do think that he is a um physically gifted player he just got to focus on like hey i'm a i'm a bull in a china shop right i'm going to be a power guy and that's what that's what he needs to be uh over this year but um yeah i wanted to shout him out because we had that we, we got the international flair there with uh habakkuk baldonado yeah you got you got to love getting some of those and it feels like pass rush group we get a good amount of those guys each year too yeah. international players we had good carl athletes. loftus last year we had a jabo last year yep um you know it's like when they come over and they're a great athlete they're like hey you're gonna rush the passer <laughs> so, i mean you know that's again positional value it's uh it's good all plan. right there there we go that's the uh preseason summer scouting 2023 edge rush group as uh as connor said you know we'll, we'll probably revisit all of these th- these things end of december early january once we really start to get into the full swing of draft season and 
I like that we have these podcasts and we're getting things out there and, and we're writing these things down because it is, it's going to be a great reference point to what was the final years of these guys. And we mentioned a lot of them draft eligible for the first time, a lot of them, these true juniors. Yeah. So it's going to be fun to see that fun to see what they put out there, the tape they put out there and how different this list might look five, six, uh, five, six months from now. That's it for us this week as we're only doing two episodes per week. For now. How much How much do we want to tell them about the Monday show? Because the Monday... I think we should hype it up. Okay. All right. I, I, so, I don't... Because I, I don't... Yeah. It should be hyped up a little bit. All right. So, you guys... This, this kind of like stemmed from the idea of the Mock Draft Monday that we did on this past Monday where we kind of like Madden franchise redrafted the entire league. And then Connor and I kind of got to thinking we were spitballing ideas. And what we're going to do on Monday, I think this is going to be a two-part series. I think we're going to do part one. Oh, we need two parts, yeah. Yeah, okay. So I think part one, this upcoming Monday, we are going to create what is the new expansion franchise for the NFL. Connor and I are going to come up with what city they're playing in, a name, the, the, like maybe some designs of the logo, if you feel like it, colors, you know, like all that stuff. We're going to establish the... 33rd franchise of the NFL. And then from there, we're going to have an expansion draft. What if an expansion draft like the NHL happened in the NFL? So so on Monday's episode, what we're going to do is we're going to go down every single team in the NFL. And I threw out this number. We might change the number a little bit, but essentially every team's going to get three protected players on offense and three protected players on defense. So on Monday, Connor and I are going to go through every single team in the NFL and protect those players. And then the following Monday, we are going to try to draft and assemble the best team of what is remaining from all of the other teams in the NFL. We'll make the salary caps work. We'll make the positions work. We'll talk about what systems we're running. What team can we build if a NHL-style expansion draft happened in the NFL? Which will happen in our lifetime. I think so too. I think so too. It will happen in our lifetime. The NFL, I I take that back. Not lifetime. I would put it in this decade. What are we in? 2022? I'll say in the next eight years it happens. Yeah, but 32 teams is just so perfect. They'll go to 34. Double whammy. He was so easily divisible. Listen, I'm not clamoring. I think it's going to be really fun when we do it on our show. Selfishly. (laughs) Right. I don't think the NFL needs a 33rd and 34th team at all. But the the cash cow right, that is the NFL right, could have right. 45 teams, and it would just keep making more money. You're right. You're right. You're right. So I'm excited to kick that off. I've never done anything like this before. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a great way to go through and see, like, hey, if this happened, who would teams protect? You know, like, do, do they oh, yeah. have too many players where they're leaving guys available? We're, think, we're talking about salary caps. and Salary maybe, cap complicit. I mean, maybe Connor and I make it. You only get to protect two guys. I'm not sure exactly what the the magic number is going to be on Monday, but uh, we'll have all the details for you. It's going to be a fun project. It's going to be a fun couple of episodes. Tune in on Monday. I'm Trevor. That's Connor. Thank you guys so much for listening to the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast.